I was like, I'm done. I quit. I'm done. Um, and I'm saying this to myself and I turn around and I see their three tiny little faces peeking through the, the thing, the banister. And I was like, I got to keep going. It's time to open your mind and expand your empire. You're listening to The Ted Huff Show. Join in for stories that embrace imperfections and become the inspiration you need to achieve true greatness in your life through actionable progress in the pursuit of self-discovery, self-improvement, and self-purpose. Where will your story take you? Now let's get it started with the man himself, your host, Ted Huff. Welcome to episode 18 of The Ted Huff Show. Today we have Amy Fabriziani on, AKA Coach AFAB. This wife and mother uses the pain of her childhood sexual abuse to fuel her passion for building better lives as a beach body coach. Amy has not only found her voice, but has also lost over 100 pounds on this journey so far. And in this episode, you will learn from her on what she does to keep moving forward every day. Your story is extremely inspiring, um, especially with me having a daughter, knowing that someone like yourself was able to be part of her life early, early on. For everybody that doesn't know, um, I was lucky enough to meet Amy uh, when she was my daughter's kindergarten teacher. Um, so we, we've known each other for quite some time and we've seen each other's families grow. So it's been fantastic. Um, yeah. So instead of going way back into that piece of it, let's talk to everybody, you know, what you're doing now. And, you know, you've, you've made quite a bit of a transition over the last, what has it been? Two years? Yeah. Two, three years. Absolutely. It's been, um, kind of, first of all, like nothing I ever thought <laughs> what I'm doing, <laughs> like I did, I, I was an elementary and special ed teacher. I thought I would do that for my whole life because that's what I always wanted to do. Um, but now, you know, I'm a mom of three kids. I have an amazing husband. We have four fur babies, our, our, our doggies. I am infatuated with dogs. I love dogs. Um, but now I've transitioned from just, you know, teaching to being able to really help people in an area that I struggled with my whole entire life, um, with lifestyle, fitness, and nutrition. And so I am a coach that helps people with weight loss, with doing meal planning and prepping and basically getting their you-know-what together <laughs> in terms of life. <laughs> but at the same time, making themselves a priority because sometimes we just we just don't, we don't make ourselves a priority. And that's my goal is to help people realize that it's okay to make yourself a priority because when you pour into yourself, you pour, you can pour even more into others. So what was the, the, the thing that got you? Cause I know that you're, you're now very, very active as a beach body coach. Mm-hmm. How did you get introduced to that? Cause I know growing up you, 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 you did gymnastics and you did dance and that's just how yep. you, you, you had fun, right? Yes, how, how I did. did yep. How did you transition? What, what was, <laughs> I, I always see the commercials, right? On TV, late night going on. Yeah. I, I see, you know, lots of folks on, on the social medias talking about it. What was, what was that point? You're like, eh, maybe I should try this. Well, I mean, 
my whole, I would say my, from middle school up until like, you know, three years ago, food was always an issue. My weight was always an issue. Looking at myself in the mirror was an issue. Um, but I had ended up tipping the scale. I'm four foot 11 and three quarters. And I was, oh, I was over pushing over 225 pounds. Um, and I had tried, I mean, basically everything. And when people are like, I've done everything and this and that, I mean, literally all of it from, um, surgery. I had tried Latvian surgery. Um, I mean, from pills to all these other things, hypnosis, anything that would work. And one of my roommates from college, she had said that she was going to do this crazy P90X3 program <laughs> when it came out with Tony Horton. And I, just like you, I had seen those crazy commercials late night and I'm like, that's nuts. But I knew somehow, like I knew I needed something that was absolutely crazy out of the box. And I needed to just get myself together because I was in a really dark place, even as a mom with three kids. And, you know, yes, we have like struggles and all that kind of stuff. Like, well, you know, a lot does. of people does like financials and, and all that kind of stuff, young family, all that. Um, but I was, I was literally like killing myself with food and I had all these medical issues going on and stuff. And I said, I'm going to do this. And I saw my friend post that she was doing it. And she said, my cousin actually is a coach and she'll help you. And that's how the amazing journey of Amy and Allison came to be my coach, Allison. So um, that's where it led. I knew nothing what I would, wanted to, like I knew nothing. I knew my experiences and stuff from the past and everything, like what I had tried to eat this way or do this or exercise this way and try this. But I was like, I am putty. Please mold me and tell me what to do because this was this was my last shot. I really felt like this was my last everything. And it was like resting little, you know, she, she doesn't know, but that was resting in her hands. And I, well, she does kind of know that, but you know, yeah. so that's kind of where it started. That it all started. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit more about that, that journey. You know, you started with P90X mm -hmm. and I, I, I remember watching those commercials and how intense they were. I can only imagine what, do you remember what your, your thought was after that first workout? Yes. Do you want to know what happened? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I threw up. <laughs> we were, we were about maybe 10 minutes into it. And I remember looking at Justin, my husband, who has always been amazingly supportive with everything. And of course he was right beside me and we were doing it and we looked at each other. It was like two minutes was the warm up, Right. And we were like, Oh my gosh, that was just the warm up!" <laughs> like we were like, no way. Like this dude's nuts. And he's like kind of quirky, but I love him so much. And the stuff he says, so, so wonderful. But I remember the kids, you know, they were younger at that point and the, the three of them, they're like little stair steps anyway, but they were standing on the stairs and they were peeking through like the little banisters and they were watching mom and dad because this was like foreign to them. They have not seen mom and dad work out in the living room. We took the couches and pushed everything to the side. We moved, flipped the coffee table on the side so we have had more room. And I went and I like leaned over and I like, you know, was dry heaving and I wanted, I was like, I'm done. I quit. I'm done. 
Um, and I'm saying this to myself and I turn around and I see their three tiny little faces peeking through the, the thing, the banister. And I was like, I got to keep going. And they were like, mommy, you're doing a good job. Go mommy, go daddy, go mommy. And I was, I just turned around. That was like, it was perfect placement by the universe. Like put the kids right there, keep on going. And I haven't stopped since. And it's just been something that even when on those days that like you can't breathe and you're going to throw up and you're going to do this and you're ticked off because you let yourself get to that point, like you just got to, it's just tiny little steps. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And that's what happened the first workout and we finished it. And the next day we came back for more because we're crazy, I guess. (laughs) We're all a little bit of crazy. That's right. (laughs) After coming back that next day and going at it again, did you do the crazy thing that everybody likes to do is like all at once? Or did you do the exercise, then add the diet? Well, actually, (laughs) so I started and I ended up having to have a hysterectomy. And oh my goodness. Because it started to get a little, um, it got a little, like it was, you know, getting good. It was getting into the good part. And they were like, you know, let's, let's just do this hysterectomy. And it was almost at the point that I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. You know, when that initial, like the, the glitz and glamour and the honeymoon stage wears off of a fitness program and how you're eating. And so everything. within the first five minutes. <laughs> right, right. And they were like, you're going to have to have a hysterectomy. And so I had one and I told my coach, I was like, literally, I can't do any kind of exercise. And so we focused more, you know, on the nutrition and everything. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was, I was half assing it. I really wasn't, you know, like all in on that point. But then eight weeks, I had a heel time of eight weeks. And then I went back hard. Like I went in that, like, you had to have the surgery, like th- that. that's it. All the surgeries, everything is behind you. You literally have nowhere else to go, Amy, but this way. And it involves getting your act together with your food and this and that. And these children I'm seeing and what I want to be feeding them and what we're really giving them and what I want in my body, um, it, was, it was very different. And so we had to make those changes. And the first month that I did it, 30 days, I lost 20 pounds. And it wasn't anything crazy or weird or like, like I couldn't eat, I could only eat one meal a day and like 50 shakes or something like, you know, nothing weird or anything like that. It was just following a good, healthy, well-rounded plan and exercising. Since that, it's been life changing, life changing for my whole family, my whole family, because we've done this together and learned through all of this as a unit. It's not just me or not just Justin. It's the three kids too. There are times where I'll see you post online and the kids are participating in it with you, or there've been a couple times, I, I think you've even said you didn't want to do anything and the kids asked you, hey, mom, when are, you, when are we going to work out? We yes. going to work out. Yes. And they, those children, like if you, if anybody that's listening to this or watching it, get your kids to be your little accountability keeper because <laughs> they will. I mean, and they enjoy it fully. Like, oh, you didn't work out yet? Okay. 
hmm. I mean, you, I'm like, okay, okay, I'm going, I'm going. And um, because I'd be the same way if I was like, did you not do your homework? <laughs> you know, like they can throw it back a little bit. So they're bit, basically, but- mom, did you do your workout homework? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. They know. And they also know that um, it makes me a better mom. It makes me a better person. I'm a better wife by just that release. It just really helps me. I mean, we all like the benefits of exercise and everything, but it really does help me. And they, they, they remember, they were old enough to remember me before and now me now. The Amy you see is is what I would consider an after. And with your kids seeing what's going on and how mom and dad are doing all these different things, that's a completely different departure from the environment that you grew up in. Absolutely. <laughs> and and I know it's it's a big part of your story. Explain to the audience the environment that you had to mentally break yourself from. What I want everybody to know too, is that this didn't happen overnight. Like this is something that is, you know, it's a work in progress and it's still, it's, it's a journey. And I will forever be on this journey, learning, you know, growing all of that. But, you know, I, my mom and my dad were very young parents. My mom had me when she was 17 years old. Um, so, for them, um, there was a lot of growing up that they needed to do too. Um, but at the same time, raising a child, um, a little girl and and my dad was very heavily, um, you know, self-medicating. I, I'm, you know, whatever we want to call it with drugs. Um, he and my mom, very, very, very abusive, um, physically and mentally abusive. And I grew up always being in that now that I'm older and understand all this, but I, my response to that was always the fight or flight. I was always, I was always ready to, to go. Like if I needed to break them up, if I needed to run and get help, if whatever it needed to be, like I was always on guard. Um, and there was never, um, that, you know, you sit down with your parents and have a family movie night or, you know, you have certain days with mom or dad or this and that. Um, and it was, you know, I used to take my drug tests for my dad. I used to pee in a cup and he'd take it to work. I mean, now that now they're a lot fancier and you can never get away with that. Right. <laughs> but, but that's what it was. And that's the, those are the kind of memories I have with my, my dad. And for me, that was normal. I didn't know anything different until um, I got going up into middle school. Um, you know, the wear and tear in the relationship, the fighting, the all this and that. Um, my parents finally got divorced. And a lot of people um, that come from divorced families, I hear them, you know, it was very devastating for the kids. It was like a party when they got divorced. I was the happiest child ever because... <laughs> They were better people apart from each other. So my mom um, ended up meeting this this guy that he seems amazing. He's wonderful. He is great with my brother because my brother's four years younger than me. So he's younger and um, we're doing all this stuff as a family and my parents are divorced and I don't really see my dad at all. Um, and now that I know... Um, what was happening, um, all this was part of the grooming process. Oh yeah. 
And right there, I was, what, 23 years old, 23 years old. It hit me like, wow, this was, this was calculated. It was something that was like, it was like we were hunted. And I was, I was like, whoa. And all these things, you know, started coming up and, and everything. And so this guy, you know, comes to our house, my parents, they move in together. He's this great person. And that's when things started to go south. He was very controlling of me. You can't have your friends call. You can't go here. You can't do this. You can't do that. Wasn't like that with my mom. Wasn't like that with my brother. I'll never forget. Um, I was, I was actually, um, I would love to get on the riding mower and mow like we had like five acres and it took like hours and hours to mow. But that was like a place where I just, you know, I love the country. I love all the smells of the country. I came in from that and that's the first time he ever touched me. And it was let, let, I want to show you this, um, but you can't ever tell your mom because what's going to happen is your mom will um, be homeless, your brother will be homeless, um, or you'll you'll have to go live with your dad. And those words right there were like, whoa, like that's like, I mean, for, you know, a 12 year old at Mm -hmm. that point, 11, 12 year old, that's like, you don't know, he's crazy. Like, I don't want to do that. And so it just became this thing for a year and a year and a half that um, it was a secret. I didn't tell anyone when I was in a therapy session that it wasn't just abuse. It was rape. There was a secret side of me that I held to myself and held away from everybody else because I didn't want anybody else to know what was going on. People would have probably based billions of dollars on a bet that I was fine. Nothing was going on because I was so good at hiding everything. And also that's when I got really good at eating and shoveling down and just pushing, pushing down everything because food helped me to feel like when I was sad, Food was there to provide me comfort. It was like a security blanket for me. A year and a half after, um, you know, all this was going on, my, my mom married him. And that night at their wedding reception, I had said, can I go to my friend's house and stay overnight? Because I didn't want to be in the house with them. Because me, at what, like 13 years old, knows what happens on a wedding night. Like, you know, all that kind of stuff going on. And I didn't want to be in the house. So I... I went and my mom said, you need to ask your stepdad what if you're allowed to go. And he said, sure, you're allowed to go. But when you come home, you have to let me do X, Y, and Z. And I don't know why. I don't know what. But that night, I told my best friend what was going on. I made her swear to never tell anyone. But we did decide that I was going to tell my mom. So I went home that next day and I told my mom and she didn't believe me. And she went and asked him what was going on. And of course he said, oh, nothing's happening. And in that instant, that was the first time that I tried to commit suicide. I ran out in the kitchen. I grabbed a knife. I tried to slice my wrist and ended up like slicing a part of my arm. And then, you know, all hell broke loose. It was, he, he admitted that he did it. I was not 
taken to the hospital because everyone would know. And that became the thing. I got so good at covering everything up. It was all about control. Everything was about control. Like an example was I, I loved pickles. Right. Love, and I still love pickles. My hey, wait a second. And you, you live really close to the Mount Olive. Mount Olive. Yes, yes, yes. I know. It's amazing, right? I'm like, oh, the pickles. <laughs> but he would do stuff like my mom would buy it and he'd sit there and he'd eat all of them in front of me. Oh, wow. Like just that kind of like crazy mind game kind of stuff. How have you taken that fear that that you had around not having any control as a child and transferred that over to having control as an adult now? And the funniest, this is what I find interesting, is that the thing that you used to find control in the past is the same thing that you're finding in in your adult life as control, but they have completely different connotations. Yes, different meanings. When did you realize that you were doing the same thing, but just for a different reason? <gasps> Maybe two years ago. It was something that, it, if it wasn't food, it was it was controlling um, my my schedule for the day. I wanted to control everything, and I finally learned that I can only control the controllable. So do you think the uh, the exercise has become more the the comfort blanket and the food is, is that reassurance? For me, exercise and being upstairs in the bonus room that is our gym area, that is the place where I have worked through a whole lifetime of stuff in, in through workouts, through working out, through the sweat. My gym is also like my club because I turn on the music and I dance <laughs> and I go and it could be like, <laughs> it could be like, you know, music from, you know, cats or rent, but it can also be like 50 and Meek Mill just going at it. And Tupac is hanging on my wall just so everybody knows that. <laughs> that's my, that's my thing. That's how I just, I let loose and get it out. I mean, you're super busy. I mean, you're 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 coaching people. You you have the kids. You were just at a dance competition yesterday mm -hmm. with one of your one of your daughters. Yeah. Um, you've got this going on with me today. You've got all these things going on. I mean, there's got to be a sense of overwhelm at some point. Yeah. When that happens, <laughs> what do you do? Well, one thing I do. I have mommy time out sometimes and I will, I'll go in my closet and I just like, because I am someone that absolutely gets overwhelmed. I, I have a diagnosis of anxiety, depression, um, PTSD. So I, I have that mental health stuff going on too. Um, but I also have become beat and I know it's because of I'm putting the right foods in my body and I'm because I'm working out. I can navigate through it. Before it was just like this, oh, I'm foggy and going all over the place and everything. But now I can literally like take a minute, like find my space. The dogs, they are my therapy dogs. Like I said, we have four dogs and like I will sit with the dogs and just hold them and pet them and kiss them and love them. And it's just, I have to find my voice. Um, and for so long, 
I wasn't allowed to have a voice. I didn't have a voice. And when I spoke when I was younger, people didn't listen to me. And to find that voice now, when I go in my closet, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I figure out what is happening and, and what my body's trying to tell me and what my mind's trying to tell me. And then I also will go in my gym too. And I just, I sit there and one of the things I love to do is journal. I, I never before journaled. When did you and start journaling? I'm probably about two years ago. Okay. But, but, and it, what I was the, what was the reason for starting to journal? Because it, it lines up really well with the, the program you started, but what, what was the original reason for journaling? I just felt like I had so much I needed to get out and release and, this was one of the, another way for me to do it. Like dance was a way to make me feel good, but mm -hmm. like, and the exercise and the sweat, like it's coming out of me, it's releasing all that kind of stuff. But I, I always journal before I work out because it gets me in the right mindset for what I'm about to do. What is it that you're, you're writing about? Cause when we think about yeah. journaling, we think about writing, what do I want to do this day? How do I want this day to turn out? How did, did today turn out? Did it turn out the way I expected? You know, those are the types of things traditional journal, journaling would yeah. be. But journaling before a workout, I have to say, is this is the first time I've heard it. So I'm curious to yeah. understand what kinds of things you put in there. I go in, I will lay down my, my mat, I turn on my music, and I journal to music. Sometimes I spend five minutes, ten minutes journaling, and sometimes it's 40 minutes. And I'm like, Oh, well, I gotta get this workout done because I gotta go pick up the kids. But it's not never like, it's, it's really whatever I need that day. And I go into it like that. I go in with like zero expectations of how long it's going to be or how, you know, what it's going to look like that day. But I sit down and, and I'll tap into like what I'm feeling that day. Like mm -hmm. my emotions, like I'm kind of feeling like, like a squirrel today. Like I'm like bing, 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 all over the place. And, and I'll just write like I will like, and I just write and write and write. I mean, to, to most people, if somebody was about to read it, most of my pages are probably like, she crazy. Like what is going on with this woman? Like what is going on? Like, so for me, that journaling is like my meditation and I can do and say, and not be judged for it and just put out and, I like to then also say, you know, how I'm feeling getting prepared to go into the workout. And then after the workout, and even sometimes during the workout, I'll scribble something like, what is this trainer thinking? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I'll even say that or like, I'll pause it and be like, something they said made me think of X, Y, and Z when I was a kid or, you know, a few years ago or whatever. Um, and even afterwards, I'll be like, I got through that, like, good job, like, you're strong. And I do a lot of I am statements in there, too, because that has really helped me. So you, you just transitioned into something that, uh, that I ask everyone. What would you say has become a belief, behavior, or habit that has changed the way you view life, the way that you, you feel about yourself? So it was actually something that I did last summer. Um, and my coach actually helped me through it. We were going through this program, um, for, through one of our trainers through Beachbody, Chris Downing. He wanted us to look in the mirror and talk to ourselves. 
And for me. Oh my gosh, that's so uncomfortable. Ugh, I was like, ugh, no. Like, and like really look at yourself. And for what, 35 years, I don't think I've ever stood and looked at myself eye to, like in the mirror. Like I've never really looked in my eyes. I can only imagine and how uncomfortable. Because I have, I, I can't say that I've done that. So uncomfortable. So, so uncomfortable. And this is what I did. I looked at myself and I pictured myself as a three-year-old, a four-year-old, a five-year-old. And I went through every year of my life and I spoke to myself as I was a four-year-old, a five-year-old, a six, a 12-year-old. Like, like you are beautiful. Your body is your own. And I know you don't feel that way right now. So everything that someone should have said to me, everything I might have been, should have been thinking, but I didn't know because I was a kid. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff I went through. And you want to talk about healing? Like that, that moment, it took me forever. And I was supposed to do it like on a Monday. And I waited till like the due date the next Monday to do it because I was trying to emotionally prepare for all this because I know it was all going to come out. And it was the most powerful thing I think I've ever done for myself because now I get up every morning and I look at myself in the mirror and I say these things to me and I look at my body and I, I have scars, I have, you know, stretch marks and all these different things. And they all tell a story. They are all a part of me. Like I'm, I, I'm like a little tiger with all her stripes and scars from all my surgeries and everything. But that's me. Like that tells a story. And before I was really ashamed of it. And now I'm like, nope, that was after my third laparoscopy. Yeah, it was because they couldn't find all the endometriosis. And I'm proud of that. (laughs) You know, like, um, all that kind of stuff. And I can't believe I went through my whole life, you know, up until like, you know, you know, last summer or whatever. Um, like truly not loving myself, like truly, truly not knowing my worth, knowing my value. Um, because yes, with the, you know, hundred pound of weight loss or whatever, like, yes, that's great. But what is really the most important thing is what's inside and, 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 in, and in your head and to be able to look at yourself and be proud of yourself and feel accomplished and just know that what you're doing, you're on the right path. Cause when you, grew up you never knew what to do or say it was always like you know (laughs) we hide from what we feel we really are a lot yes and having that process of standing in front of the mirror and telling yourself all the things that you don't believe are true how how did that change? I mean, I know you said it changed a lot, but did it feel like you were lying to yourself at any point? Yeah. And then when, and when did, when did that feeling of I'm just lying to myself when, how long did it take for that to go away or is it still there? I felt like my whole life I lied to myself. 
you know, what just, you know, get dressed in the morning or whatever it might be. And, and I look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, oh, you look good enough. Like, good enough. Oh, And wow. there it was, right? You look good enough. You're, you're good. Like, you showered. Your hair is done. You, you don't know, stink. Like, you don't smell, right? <laughs> you don't smell, right? <laughs> Not that smelly adult in carpool line, right? <laughs> but um, when, when I... I had to like get real with myself and it was almost like I had to become this newborn again. I had to become this person and I had to like what what I said, how I did like the every year of my life. I mean, it was, I was building up my, myself to where I never had been before and to be in a, a body, to be in a new mindset where it's all new and it's like when you're you know not even five foot and you feel like you're six foot ten even today like I'll get up and I I don't want to do my affirmation like I don't want to stand there and say I am a beautiful strong woman you know I am a good mother there's still sometimes that negativity I know that I have a purpose and I know that if I don't do those kinds of things I'm not only shortchanging myself, I can't be my best for everybody else or even myself. Do you still have those days where you get up in the morning, you walk into the bathroom, you take a shower, you get out of the shower and you look in the mirror and you're like, oh. Yeah, I do. Oh, it's like it's like in your mind, you're still 100 pounds heavier Absolutely. I look at pictures of myself and I will say that's not what I saw myself as to this day. Sometimes I'll look in the mirror and I will, it can go both ways. It can Mm -hmm. be like, Oh, you're starting to get some sort of lines somewhere. (laughs) Like there are abs in there. You were born with that baby. (laughs) Um, And then there's some days that it could be the very next day. And I'm like, oh, like what's going on? What? Because what I used to do is I would let it ruin my whole day. And I would eat based on those feelings. Like I'd come down, like give me all the little Debbie Zebra cakes. Like that was (laughs) like my jam. Give me the whole three pound bag of gummy bears. Well, yes, no, Swedish fish. Oh, Swedish fish. Sorry, I I couldn't remember which one it was. Sorry. More Swedish fish. It's like I got to like stop myself. I have to be like, I have to. And and that kind of is almost control. Like we talked about control Mm -hmm. earlier. But it was, it's more of a a control that I'm okay with having. Mm -hmm. Like not being crazy to the point that I'm like, you need to get yourself together. You know, you need to give yourself basic, like give yourself some grace. Amy, with a lot of the things that you do, it's around fitness exercise. You mentioned doing a lot of journaling and I know you and I've talked about that, that taking the time to read books, to help yourself reset that mindset, to think of things a little bit differently is extremely important to you. What would you say the all time book for you would be that that when you feel out of balance you you rush right for oh my goodness probably um this was one of the first books that I ever read when I started 
reading because I was not a reader before at all. Um, and I try to do at least 10 minutes a day. Um, this one is my, it has like a special place in my heart. It's called, it was me all along and it's by Andy Mitchell. Um, and that is my, like, when I'm really struggling with like my inside kind of stuff, that's, that's my book. So when the inside dialogue starts to take over that, that negative self-talk that we all have, that's the book that you, you go to. This is the book that when I have new clients, um, especially if they struggle with emotional eating and just Mm -hmm. the never not feeling good enough and parents that they had like a tumultuous, like there's a lot of turmoil and stuff in their childhood. That's the book. That is the book. That's obviously not the only book that that you go to. Um, that's the one that, that has the most emotional support for you. But what other books do you see that, that have helped you along on your My favorite book from 2018 is Rousey by Rhonda Rousey. It's her book, her story. I absolutely love her because she's a fighter and that's, She's and not just the sense of when she steps in the octagon, you know, like not just that, but throughout her whole life, there's a lot of things that people don't know about her. And that book is very much, I I love that book. That's one of my favorites. And Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis is amazing. Absolutely amazing. I'm sure a lot of people have read that. And if they haven't, I always share it with them. I'm like, Go get it. Go get the book. Go get the book. Another one for business-wise that I, I really like is The Energy Bus. Um, and that's by John Gordon. And it's about just having the energy and you're the driver of your bus. And if people get on with bad energy, bye. Like, you know, awesome. like, and being okay with that to tell them goodbye because we always feel guilty and you always feel this and that. And that's something just being strong in who you are. And I love that. I love that one too. You've given us a bunch of different things to think about. You've, you've shared your journey. You've shared where you're at, the different things that trigger you, the way that you deal with a lot of things for the audience. I'd like to leave them with three things that you've made non-negotiable in your life that help you through to keep going, to keep pushing towards a better you, a better better wife, a better mother, a better friend, a better person in general. And I'd really love to understand what are those three non-negotiables for you? Okay. So I, um, my first one is making yourself a priority. Like that is my first one. And it's funny because anytime I used to list all this kind of stuff, like people would ask me, you know, what's your top, whatever that would always be like number 10. Oh, wow. I mean, I knew it was important and I, because I always felt guilty for saying that I was making myself a priority. I'm taking 30 minutes away from my children and family to exercise or I'm, you know, meal planning or whatever it might be, but making yourself a priority and not apologizing for that. So I think that's my, my first one to tell everyone is, is so to do that. That, that is, that is a big piece that. I love how you gave examples of doing the workout, of prepping the meal. What other example would you, because I think a lot of people feel when they say make myself a priority, that's like ignore everybody else, ignore everything else, me, 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 me. 
Yeah. But I, I think you, you, you hit on some, just help me understand a couple more things that you would consider making yourself a priority. With make, with making yourself a priority, you need to like plan that ish. Okay. Like you need to have your schedule of when your time is when, and I do this every night before I go to bed, I, I will, I call it brain dumping and I just everything that like needs to get done for the next day. I used to always like plan a week at a time. Um, and yeah, we have a big monthly calendar of like the important stuff like competitions and you know, this and all that stuff going on with school. But I would get so overwhelmed and anxious and all up in my head to look at a plan out a week at a time. I do the night before I look and I said, okay, these are going to be my work hours tomorrow. This is when I'm going to work out. I have to leave at such and such time every day to go pick up the kids from school and take them. There's, you know, fix things in there, but then I can plan my day out and take like, you know, my, with all the brain dump stuff, like there'll be things on there that can wait till Wednesday because there's something else that takes priority on Monday kind of thing. So I plan my schedule, but I do it the night before and follow it that next day because it's too much the other day. And, and, and I put myself in there like self care. I say this all the time, like self care and shit, like not like going to the bathroom. Is, but that, like, is, that, is that what you literally <laughs> write in there? Self care and shit. Yeah. Like self care and shit, like getting a shower, doing my hair, getting dressed the day, make the bed, like, you know, like I put that time in there because if I don't, I will not take it for myself. I know that's my, that's has been my MO for like so long. So I do, I schedule it and that might overwhelm some people, but like I thrive on that. Like I like that kind of schedule and it seems to really help the people that I've shared that with. You talked about making yourself a priority and I interrupted you because I wanted You're to understand fine. what you meant okay. by making yourself a priority. <laughs> What's another one? Y'all are going to be like, okay, I set smart goals. <laughs> I will be the first to tell you, I used to set goals all the time, but they were just something written on a piece of paper. Like there was no plan. There was no way to hold me accountable to hitting those goals, all that kind of stuff. So I go with the specific, a specific goal. So figure out like what your goal is, you know, is it measurable? Well, how are you going to measure that you've lost five pounds or 10 pounds or whatever it is? You know, when you put it in there by, you know, using the tape measure, stepping on your scale, all that kind of stuff. Um, like, is it attainable? Like, if you say, I want to lose five pounds in one day, huh, what are you? No. Like, unless you're probably going for, like, a colonic or something. I don't even <laughs> know if that is possible because I've never done one of those. But it has to be attainable. It has to be something you can do, right? Um, and then, you know, is it realistic? And yes, yes or no, whatever. And then the time. Like, set yourself a time that is going to challenge you, but it's not going to defeat you. You know what I mean? It's, and it's not going to be consuming. Um, and then I, I take them and I reverse engineer them. You're just not like, I'm going to lose five pounds. Well, well, there's no, how are you going to do that? And two, why are you going to do it? Because that's what's going to carry you when you don't want to get up and go to the gym, when you don't want to eat, you know, your salad and your, your, you know, other foods you're eating and stuff because you see, you know, your friend over there eating, a, I don't know, like a double quarter pounder with cheese and all the fries or something, you know, like 
you got to have that strong why and that foundation and that's what's going to carry you through that kind of stuff. So setting goals and like having a plan to set those, you know, to, to reach those goals is something that I do all the time. We've got make yourself a priority, uh-huh. set smart goals. Mm-hmm. Last okay. but not least. My last one is journaling. Oh, I okay. really think that throughout this and I swear I was not a journaler like everybody had these little journal things and all this and I'm like I don't know weird I don't know like I can't do that um and find a way to journal that works for you it doesn't have to be like when people think of journaling you know the air quote like you sit down and you know figure out what maybe an area you need to grow in and just go to town with it and do it do it consistently every single day. Be consistent with it. And I'm telling you, it helps. You can journal about something's bothering you, something that, you know, somebody that cut you off in the traffic. You can journal about how angry you were. And it's better probably to do that than, like, get out and beat them. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> just save it for the journal. Save it for the journal, <laughs> we'll say. So that's my other tip. I would really like people to journal in their way and heck it might be even just talking like a a video journal like getting on youtube and just recording themselves or whatever and and just whatever it is like getting it out is so helpful whatever it might be if someone wants to reach out to you to learn more about amy more about the beach body experience what is the best way for people to reach you the best way and probably easiest for everyone is to go on Instagram. Um, I'm Coach Amy Fab on Instagram um, and direct message me, DM me. What we'll do is uh, in the show notes, we'll put links to everything so they can be- very easily get a hold of you, Amy. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time and going through this. Uh, I didn't know your story until recently. And knowing the story makes me so much more proud to, to know you, uh, to be able to call you a friend. Um, so much makes me so much more happy that my daughter had the opportunity to meet you, um, and learn from, from those experiences. So thanks again for being on the show. You're so very welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, and I have to tell you that, um, if anybody wants my journal, my journaling playlist that I like to put on, um, when I journal, I have it, um, for y'all for a special thing to give to you. A little little right. gifty. You guys can listen to my crazy music and let me tell you it's a little crazy. <laughs> All right, well definitely we'll share that that playlist and everybody can uh, start journaling to uh, to Amy's journal music. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you again so much for having me on. I appreciate it. No. Thanks again Amy. Really appreciate you you giving your share sharing your story the way that you have. Absolutely. That's it for this episode of the Ted Huff Show. But we know you're wondering where you go from here. TedHuff.com makes it easy for you to get notifications for new episodes, specialized contests, exclusive giveaways, and upcoming events simply by signing up for our mailing list. You'll get access to all this and more by visiting TedHuff.com. That's T-E-D-D-H-U-F-F.com. Until next time, open your mind and expand your empire right here on the Ted Huff Show.